0: Welcome to another episode of RPG Hour. Today we're doing a special episode. We were given a product ahead of time, got to take a look at it, and we're going to kind of give our two cents on it, what we think about it. Uh, So it's called the 12 Midwinter Nights, and we're going to go ahead and talk about it. I am Mr. RPG Hour, and I'm joined by...
1: I'm Mrs. RPG Hour.
2: And I am Jonathan Andrews.
0: Uh, So as I said, we're uh, looking at a product, and it's called 12 Midwinter Nights, uh, it is a DD or uh, DMs Guild uh, RPG product. It's over 199 pages, 200 pages, somewhere around there. And it is 12 days of midwinter. And so there's 12 little modules that you get to play through. Uh, they're written by 12 different people. I don't think there's a single person that wrote two of them on there, which is... Uh, I, Personally, for these kind of products, I always enjoy when it's not the same person writing everything or, you know, that there's like a bunch of different people rather than, you know, oh, hey, somebody wrote six of them and there's six other people that joined in.
2: It makes for a nice variety.
0: So I'm going to talk about my uh, absolutely favorite thing about this uh, little module book. Uh, I love the hand-drawn maps in it, especially uh, the fact that also at the end of a bunch of the different sections... They have uh, new monster stats. Uh, that was something I really loved about like the the old school stuff as well as like they did that in some of the 3E three, three e stuff. I didn't see it as much in 4E um, and I don't see it from a whole lot of 5E e stuff. Uh, I mean, there's a ton of DMs Guild stuff out there. So maybe I just haven't caught the right, right products yet. But I really do enjoy when a module gives you, it's like, hey, here's a monster. Even if it's just a reskin, we talk about reskinning monsters all the time, and I love seeing either a brand new monster, whole new stat block, or something that's reskinned. Uh, I always love that ingenuity, and it's like, hey, here's something that we talk about, and it's not just the regular kind of monster. There's a special version.
1: Yeah, I like things when I like it when things are adapted to be kind of setting specific or or campaign specific. So that was really nice to see.
2: Um, one thing I noticed was that you need not only the monster manual for this one, you also really need to have the Volos guide for monsters uh, because they make numerous mentions of that book throughout the book when they're talking about monsters.
0: From what I've seen a lot of uh, in regards to a lot of uh, the handmade modules, uh, Volos guide has kind of become a standard book. For a lot of things now Um, it's basically considered like everybody should already have it type of deal Um, and i've seen a lot of places where they use that in place of the monster manual altogether Uh, so i mean it is definitely a good thing to note that you do kind of need uh, more than just the uh, player handbook on this one but i mean in all honesty compared to what you needed for some modules uh, back during the 335 era needing three books total to be able to get through uh, this like big volume of modules is isn't too bad of a trade-off. I actually kind of enjoy
2: it, but I do think that they should uh, put a note somewhere and I didn't see one. So just fair warning. It actually makes good use of the dungeon master's guide as well. So
0: props. True. I didn't see much mention where you absolutely needed the dungeon master's guide. I felt like, it was stuff that you could get away with without it. Um, and I only say that because of the new 5e stuff. I do not have the Dungeon Master's Guide. And any time that it's been mentioned in books, I've been able to get away without it. So I don't know that it's 100% a necessarily needed thing.
2: It's mostly for the environment, uh, environmental damage kind of stuff. Stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's not too bad of a, a trade-off. Um, So and as we were talking about uh, before we started recording, um, for me, I think that these are all really good. I think all 12 of these are actually really good modules. I really enjoyed every single one of them. The only problem is, is that because I enjoyed all of them, they're all pretty much on the same level. And I'm not saying that like that means that they're bad or anything. But for me, honestly, I don't really have a favorite out of them because I enjoyed all of them so much. Um and honestly, like I kind of I kind of was sitting here going through it and I was like, I kind of want to grab my guide to how I run D &D 5e, go through this, mod the modules as needed for like the little differences that I do with 5e, and actually run from uh day one to day (laughs) twelve. No,
2: wait. (laughs) You would run the one in the desert at the uh, like a day after the you run the one in the up in the
1: tundra. I mean, technically, you could do that. It doesn't necessarily mean it's like a desert, like Saharan desert. It's for your Planescape
2: campaign, right?
1: Well, but also, like, some of the modules clearly state that these take place over a couple of days.
2: Also true.
0: True, true. Um, I guess I should uh, clarify it more. What I mean by uh, days, in, in what I mean is just running them in order being over a set, set amount of time just happening right after each other um, rather than...
2: Uh, no, you just want to get an excuse to have people get together for 12 consecutive days of role-playing. I know what it is. <laughs>
1: well, also, some of them specifically occur on midwinter. So unless we're playing same-day, different party... <laughs> which could work. It could happen. You know bucks being a thing and whatnot
0: true but um i don't know i don't know I'm that's always saying, been unless... something that's
1: unless dnd has a time machine um might not happen very well
0: well see i don't use planescape list. i don't use the planescape rules um i am a little more old school for my world jumping um, I like to do something a little more Spelljammer-ish. So, you know, by the time you get <laughs> wait, to another... Wait, wait, Hold on. Planescape was only like two years
2: after after Spelljammer. It's not old school. It's just a little bit before.
0: <laughs> well, to be fair, Spelljammer was more 2E, and Planescape was more of a 3E thing. Uh... And that's that's what but I mean. It came like
2: 90-91, like didn't it? Because the Planescape video game still used the AD&D rules.
0: It, it did, but Planescape, if, at least in the circles that I ran and that I still talk to, Spelljammer was more of the AD&D. Uh, like, like, Spelljammer was still more of the old school thing. And Planescape really had its heyday with 3E. And so you. for me, that's kind of like, I'm I'm going to go that direction. I'm going to go grab where by the time you get to the other sphere it's midwinter again like they're it's not always that their days are the same as yours um and i mean that happens with planescape too but um you know if if i'm gonna do something where like it's all gonna happen relatively in a short period of time you not time travel it's just you're in a different sphere now
1: no i just had the best idea you could groundhog's day it
0: (laughs) okay I, I like that a lot too but i mean and that would honestly play into how some of this is because even though it's more of a winter holiday type of book um let's be honest there's a little bit of like twist in there like not exactly horror but not exactly you know completely you know normal adventuring it's a little oh, towards sorry. that horror side what
2: Which one of the adventures was the one with the Krampus in it? That one was
0: terrifying. (laughs) I was like, I would not play that with my kids. (laughs) True. Um, But I will say, like, even with uh, having Krampus in there uh, or the Krampus like figure in there, um, it still just doesn't like hit horror for me. It's just like a darker tale. Um, And I guess that's just kind of that's me, though, with the way I run things.
2: Is it possible
0: to do horror? In
2: 5e, I'm sure it is, but I've never seen it.
0: I've run a little bit of horror in 5e, and a lot of the um podcasts that do Ravenloft, I've seen that they've touched on horror very well for it. Um, it's so it's kind of been it, it exists, it's there. Um, and I'd say like m- the stuff in here feels a bit more influenced by Forgotten Realms and um just a little more on that side of thing, rather than a little more towards Ravenloft. And I get it, you know, it's a, not everybody is like me and it's like, Oh no, you can just add Halloween and horror into everything. So.
2: <laughs> well, a lot of it's said in Faerun.
0: True. I'd have to say though, I definitely, you know, I, I like the feel that it gives you um, than a lot of modules that I've seen since third edition, even. And I think another thing that kind of stands out for me is the fact that a lot of the adventures have combat awards and non combat awards.
2: Yeah, I really enjoyed that too.
0: Oh, I figured Mrs. RPGR would have had something to say about that. Yeah, me too.
1: I mean, it's, it's, I like that it's included, but come on, let's be realistic. How often do you think that's really going to come up at a table? Everyone is super into being murder hobos rather than using their big brains to figure out how to not be murder hobos. That depends
2: entirely on the group.
1: I'm just going to okay. say things will devolve into murder hobos pretty quick for some of these.
0: <laughs> I, I'm going to say this. I, I Some of the non-combat awards, I'm going to say I don't see y'all doing a whole lot of, uh, specifically you two. Um, And some of the people that we play with, but I can honestly say that I I could see y'all, one of the adventures has where you have to save a duckling. I can honestly see y'all saving that duckling for the non-combat awards. Uh, uh, Not specifically that y'all would do it for the awards, but I mean, I can honestly see y'all doing that.
2: It depends entirely on what character I'm playing.
1: Uh, same. I was gonna say, if I'm playing my usual, there is no way I'm not rescuing. I'm rescuing that duck without compensation.
2: <laughs> it's a golden goose duck.
1: <laughs> then it's not so much rescuing as kidnapping at that point.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, um, not to segue, but uh, although. You thought all of the modules seemed very similar. They were vastly different to me. Uh, There are some of these modules that they were were okay, but I I felt were kind of meh, while there were a lot of modules that were just really, really good. Um, The one in particular that I liked was the one with the drow in it, the uh, Mayhem at Midwinter, because it explores peaceful drow. And yet it has the whole intrigue from Men- Menzo Bernson in it that just makes the drow really interesting. And so having that 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 uh, conflict inside the story made it really, really interesting. Uh, but there were a number of other uh, modules that were really good. Um, the ones I didn't like as well felt like they had... Um, they were the modules that you on- you could only solve with a single... Uh, solution. I really don't mm. like single solution scenarios. I think they don't play well in role playing games, in my experience. Um, but there were a lot of them that had multiple outcomes and uh, multiple solutions. They discussed alternate uh, paths, and there was a lot of that. There, there were a lot of really good modules in there, in my experience.
1: Yeah, I agree. There were some in there that it was like, they have to do this in order to complete the task or whatever. And it was like, cool. What happens if you have a group that's like really creative and they come up with something else that feasibly could, you know, solve the issue, but not in the way that would make sense for the story? Like, how do you, without spoon feeding them what they're supposed to do, like, how do you get them to do that?
2: Oh, that's a good scenario. In, in the In the scenarios I've I've experienced, either the players get fed up, walk away from the ta- table, and are like, "Okay, I'm not playing this anymore," or else they go, "I don't care. Can I make a check for this?"
1: <laughs> yeah, the generic. I just want to make a check. I don't care what kind of check it is. Like, what what do I need to do? Like that drives me nuts. Yeah. Well, it also stops role playing at that point. Because they're yes. frustrated and they're not care their character anymore
0: well i'll say this and this is something that we're obviously going to touch on in a, in a game master advice uh segment at some point but when playing a module i always find that it's best for a game master to sit down knowing the group that they're playing with and go in and modify things to kind of fit the group and i feel like those ones that are a little more linear in their style Actually, make it easier for a game master if you know your group well enough to go in and okay, if I flip this here, move this here, do this here, they get to go through the story and they get to experience it how it's meant. But the ones that are a little more fluid, I think sometimes that becomes a little bit harder because you're like, well, they could go down any one of these paths and then you get there and they don't. And I think that, you know, for someone who has the ability to sit down and prep, I don't think any of these are you know, really just one-off, you know, straight line linear uh, because you could sit down and modify it to what it needs to be for you and your group. And I've always felt like that's what a module is there for, not to use it just straight as written. Um, uh, You know, they wrote up a bunch of stuff that they felt would be a good story. Now it's your turn to take it and modify it to fit into your world and your game.
1: See, I, I disagree with that. To me, a module is something you're supposed to be able to like, hey, we have time, let's play, pick it up and go. Like very minimal prep on the GM, you know, if any. Um, So I feel like they should, it should be, modules should be like super well thought out because basically they've done all the work for you.
2: Personally, I like uh, customizing modules the way you're describing, but... A lot of people I talk to look at me crazy when I say I'm I'm going to modify the module before we play it. So I get the feeling that a lot of people either don't have time or don't have the inclination to modify modules. And so if these modules are something that um, are going to require looking through and making adjustments to that are more than just like, you know, on the fly things, um, I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's common sense. You should, you should read through a module before you run it. But um, in my experience, not all game masters are like that. This particular, With this particular book, you should definitely read through the module and, uh, that you decide on before you run it.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. They should definitely be read through any module. You should read through it before you run it. But I feel like the whole point of a module is it's ready to go.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: I guess part of the reason that I, I don't agree with it is just because of my time with a lot of like the societies and organizations out there that are like, hey, we're just going to run through this module and then we're going to run through the next one that comes out in the series and then we're going to run through the next one. And I, I guess I just got so burnt down on it. I, I like the ability to... I like a module that I feel like I can grab and there's not so much on it that I can just slide it into my story do some slight tweaks and go. And but the thing is, when I'm saying I modify, like I don't normally do a whole lot of modification. I honestly feel like I don't have to do a whole lot with any of these, uh, except for you know make sure that there's a little bit of leeway and wiggle room in certain areas. But I don't feel like that takes up a whole lot of time. Um, and I think that's also just knowing your players very well. But that's more us about us and not more about uh, the module itself um i'd have to say i think the art in it is uh there's a lot of different styles and i kind of like the fact that they're different styles because it kind of gives you that feel of the different modules that are here you get a sense of okay so this one's a little darker or this one's a little bit lighter and you get that with the artwork i feel
2: there were a couple um like the first picture in the book the one with the demon's hand it's a really good picture and I wanted to see more of that throughout the book but I didn't I didn't see more I, I would have enjoyed more art like that um, but in general the portraits are pretty good oh you know I take it back there there is a there is an introductory piece of art before each of the um, adventures and it was generally good but I, I enjoyed the first one because it reminded me of uh, second edition art
0: I was halfway expecting Mrs. RPG Hour to uh, talk about the fact that there's the spiders in there.
2: That was a cool picture.
0: I did
1: not appreciate it.
0: <laughs> for those of you out there, Mrs. RPG Hour uh, is an arachnophobe and like a, a very serious arachnophobe. She, her, she freezes up. Her body goes into panic mode. Uh, so when I was reading through, I forgot to mention to her that those were there. And I was honestly expecting for her to be like, why didn't you tell me?
1: Oh, I wasn't going to bring it up till after, but since we're here, thanks for that. Really appreciated.
0: (laughs) Out of love and respect for you. I honestly forgot to mention it. It was not an intended omission.
1: Cool story, bro. I just kind of scrolling along, reading my things, doing my stuff, and then bam, giant ass spider. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks.
0: That was something that I was kind of surprised about, that there wasn't really any. um, I noticed on a lot of newer modules, there's like warnings about certain things. And I didn't really see very many warnings about stuff like, hey, if this is kind of something you're not into, warning or anything like that. Um, So, I mean, I I guess this goes back to, you know, go through there, look through there, just to make sure there's not something that your players might be like, whoa, wait a minute, Um, of course, which goes back to, you know, consent guides and, you know, making sure that, you know, what everybody's okay with at the table.
1: So here's your warning. There are spiders in this book.
0: So another favorite thing of mine that I I feel like I don't see this enough in modern modules. Um, And and once again, I'm going to say this might just be the modules that I've uh, encountered and stuff like that. But I really like at the back the wild magic surge table, the trinkets table, and then the just overall just going through the different magical and wondrous items that are there. And just kind of giving additional explanation for things. I really do like when books do that. And I I still am a big fan of randomized stuff. I really, really do enjoy um, that kind of random encounters that you can peel back and, you know, make them work for the story long run. And I do like the the random magic and random item tables to this day still.
1: Yeah, I like loot tables. They're cool. Um, It makes it so that even if your players have run the module before like they still don't know like what they're gonna get which is nice it makes each playthrough unique
2: true without you having to go through and adjust things by hand
1: (laughs) right which it's a module you should just be able to go
0: (laughs) the other reason that i like it though is a lot of times if you if you don't have that in there you have to pull out the generic tables that are in like the player's handbook, the dungeon master's guide, you know, or grab the, you know, one of the newer guides like Volos and use those tables. And your players have seen those like hundreds of times already, depending on how long you've been playing together or the other groups they've been in. But here it's like stuff specifically for everything in this book. And and I really do like where you sit down and it's like, Oh, Hey, you know,
2: well, I mean, they're specifically keyed toward midwinter, and so you wouldn't use them for anything else, but they're perfect for these modules.
1: Right, and you wouldn't want to use a generic table for these these scenarios because they wouldn't fit necessarily. It would Anything that you got out of those tables would feel out of place.
0: Right, which is definitely why I like that they're here because, I mean, you just don't see that a whole lot in a lot of things where it's like, We're going to go into this deep, dark uh, jungle and in the middle of the jungle, you're going to find a regular scroll of healing. And it's like. I don't find like some trinket from like some jungle tribe that heals me and I'm confused as to why what's going on, because I've never seen it before. Nope, it's a regular scroll of healing like that kind of thing just kind of bugs me. And but I really that's what I'm saying. Like, I really love that that's in here, that there's these really cool little um, and it's a D100 table. Um, I think that there's about, like, 50 items on it, but, uh, I mean, like, I I like that there's that many rather than just a, hey, here's a D10 table of stuff just for this.
1: Yeah, you can definitely tell that there was some thought put into the loot tables and the the magic tables, too, which is nice, Um, because the effort was really made to make sure that these different modules felt unique and, you know, special for the holidays.
2: I was going to mention earlier, but I forgot, um, you were talking about how there is not a um, disclaimer section. However, these modules all pretty much, I think, follow the standard DM, uh, what's it called, the DM Guild uh, adventure outline, where they have the call to action, and then they have, you know specific formats for each of the encounters and, and scenes and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. But I've seen uh, some products that come out of the DMs guild that have a label at the beginning that says, Hey, warning right quick. Like, here's a little, like it's an added section that I've seen in some products. So um, I don't know if that's like one-offs or if that's something that's hopefully catching on. Uh, Cause it would be nice for those people that do just grab and run or um for someone like me that will go through it and sometimes be like, oh, hey, yeah, that thing's there. I got to remember to do something about that for so and so at the table. So, agreed. So, I think honestly, uh, we will have to do a quick DD one shot at some point, um, at least touching on a couple of these. Um, I think the Krampus one will definitely have to be one of them. But, uh, and <laughs> I like the good mix of people that they got to do all of these. I like that they got a lot of different, um, different kinds of module writers in on this people who, you know, work for companies or this, that, or the other. Uh, it really is just a, a good blend of modules together that gives you the feel that you're stepping into a world and that you're going to get to spend time engrossed in the, that type of a setting in that world. And, I think some of the module things that I've seen are a bit more generic than these, and I, but I really like how targeted these feel. Uh, for me, that definitely is an upside on these.
2: Yeah, as long as you don't mind Forgotten Realms, <laughs> I like Forgotten Realms fine. But I've met people. And uh, to- it
1: was. Go ahead. I think it was a smart move to use Forgotten Realms because I think it's something that everyone's can kind of, you know, pretty much entirely familiar with. So. Makes sense. It's one of their most popular products and and settings. So,
0: well, and a lot of it is kind of without mentioning like the setting specific. Some of these honestly kind of felt like they would fit in really well with like the Dragonlance crowd. Um, and honestly, with just some minor little flip here or there, uh, they would really fit in with a lot of the different worlds that have come and gone from D and D universe.
2: A couple of them were really good about being transplantable, but they didn't really have the um, world feel that you were talking about. Like the one that I really liked had everything to do with Coraline and uh, Loth.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. I I have to disagree on that point. I feel like they, they all felt like they really could go anywhere. Even with Loth, I mean, we've seen writings over the years where you know, you find Loth stuff in other realms as well. And I don't know if that was because of things like Spelljammer and Planescape happening, or if that's just, you know, people trying to, you know, force cross. But um, that's weird. Yeah, there was, I, I don't know, I can't remember if it was an official module thing or if it was just something downloadable. Um, but there used to be a Dark Spawn thing that talked about Loth or Dark Sun, sorry. Dark Sun. Dark Sun. Right, right. All right. So, any other notes on the product itself? All right. Well, definitely, I, I'm I'm going to go ahead and mention a couple things right quick. Uh, we did receive this product ahead of time and for free. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, we're not being rewarded or paid in, in any other way, but we did receive this for free. Um, honestly, if I had heard about this product, you know, and, and I got to read, you know, like just a little bit of, you know, hey, this is kind of what it's about. I would have gone and picked it up personally. I, I definitely like the idea of these little holiday ones. I try to get these when I have money um, and pick them up and be like, yeah, cool. I'll, you know, even if I don't use them with DD, I'm going to use them for something else. But this one honestly kind of got me into a DD mood, which I haven't had a 5e product really do that for me yet. Um, but this one actually kind of got me in a 5e D&D mood.
2: I don't know. I, I seldom run 5e, and if I don't run, something i'm not gonna buy modules for it just because um however if i were running 5e games i would certainly pick this up because it's worth it
1: i think it's interesting i think it w- i probably would pick it up just for inspiration if i were wanting to do something like festive christmasy but i i don't know i haven't run D in so long and i just kind of look at other things first but I think it's pretty solid for for a good module book so I mean I think it'd be worth investing in
0: since you're more of a perpetual player rather than a perpetual game master like Jonathan and I if somebody said that they were going to be running this um would you pick it up ahead of time just to get a general sense of some things
1: um okay honest answer no because I like surprises (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I like surprises in gaming I don't like to know what's going on I mean I'm really good at separating player knowledge versus character knowledge but it's annoying <laughs> so I'd rather be in the dark but after being run through something from the book I might be inclined in picking it up because you know it. there are some modules in there that do sound like a lot of fun to play through and so that would be incentive to go pick something up so that I could have one of you run me through more stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it too.
0: Okay. So uh, let's go ahead and get down to the final section that we always kind of get to. Uh, how many stars out of five do you feel that it deserves? Um, I'm going to go with a 4.5. The only thing that is the hang up for me is I I really enjoyed all of them. And I mean that, like, I really, really enjoyed all of them, but I didn't have one that was knock my socks off. And I don't know um, if that is just me. But uh, that was kind of the the only thing for me is that they, they were all really amazing. But, yeah,
1: um, I'd give it a solid three. Like it's not, it's not something that would normally be in my wheelhouse, mostly because it's, you know, D&D 5e, um, but it's solid, it's good, uh, it's good content, um, and I think it'd be fun to play through some of the modules. So definitely something I might mention if we're looking at a bunch of, of games that we maybe want to... Sh- play or you know pick up for a minute um but not something that i would necessarily go to right away
0: so for those of you who have never listened to one of our podcasts before mrs rpg hour does not do the 0.5s she is also basically our olympic german judge um she usually gives the lowest rating out of everybody
1: that's not true it is true no comment shit I just, I guess I'm harder on things because I'm a more a player than a GM. So, I don't know.
2: Okay, well, in the light of a module book, uh, and in the light of a 5E module book, in order to give this book uh, a fair shake, I would say that I would rate this as four stars because... They did a really good job of picking good modules. Uh, like I said, Mr. RPG Hour didn't have, have any that he considered better than the others, but I really did. There were several of these that I, that after reading these modules, it made me want to go out and find other modules that the authors had done because they were that good. And then there were others that I would I, I told myself, well, I'm never going to read that author again. <laughs> but there were more of the good modules than there were the bad modules. So I would say as a module book, there were a lot of things I liked about this. I'd give it a four.
0: That was actually a little harsher than I thought, but uh, yeah. Um, But yeah, so generally speaking, that's kind of where we sit on this product. Uh, We were kind of really, honestly, I was excited about the opportunity um, and I definitely really enjoyed this. Uh, Definitely going to try and run some of this in the future. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We are RPG hour and, if you want to find out more about us, it's rpghour.com. You can find us on Patreon, Kofi, Coffee, ko-fi.com, slash rpghour. Uh, you can also find us at Twitter, Facebook, uh, and your favorite podcatcher. Thank you so much for joining us, and, and until the dice roll again.